everyone. Ciao. Welcome back to Calcio is Back, the podcast about uh, soccer over in Italy. Very excited to bring you this podcast today. Uh, we're going to be talking about some big interest stories out of Italy. Um, so three big major news stories um, following three of probably the biggest athletes out of Syria in the 2010s. Uh, so we're going to talk those over. We're going to go over the results for week three. We're sorry that we missed you guys last week, but what wound up happening was um, the international break occurred. So we we did some catching up, enjoying the end of our summer before we go into the spring here uh, with the first half of the Serie A season. So very excited about that. Uh, we're going to re- recap week three. Um, after we- recapping week three, uh, we're going to give out some awards. Then we're going to take a look back at the first three weeks of the season, give our teams of the season so far. So it's a very small sample size. It's basically the team of August. Um, so August into the first week of September. So we might do this monthly going forward. We'll see how it does, uh, see how the feedback we get. Jake's going to go over some of the international stuff coming out of Italy um, and the men's national team. And then we're going to preview week four and then do a little Roma roundup like we always do. Jake, how you doing, pal? What's up? Uh, hello, everybody. I'm, I missed uh, a few weeks ago and obviously we pushed it back a week. So it's been a while for me. Uh, to be back on the mic, but I'm very happy to be back. We're going to recap the week, some news. We're going to talk about Italy, um, really bad performance, and then a really good one, uh, highs and lows, uh, of course, but uh, happy to be back. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. I mean, so we'll start off with the three kind of big news stories of the uh, of the week. So we could start off with Samir Handanovic, uh, the former interkeeper. We covered him a couple podcasts back. Uh, he has officially retired, so he is a retired player now. Uh, we kind of, you know, we said on the pod at the time, like it looked like it was hanging towards retirement. Are you kind of surprised no one picked him up? I, I'm not. I know Inter fans really didn't like this guy backing up Onana. They didn't even think he was backup quality anymore. And on a worse team, he was probably going to face more shots so I'm, I'm not sad for Handanovic he was one of the better players in the league throughout the 2010s um, probably one of the top two or three goalies behind definitely Buffon and maybe one other name you could slot in in front of him but he was definitely at the peak of the goalies in the league for the 2010s but uh, Jake so what, what was your take on Handanovic retiring here? Yeah I know he you know he wanted to give it uh, another go but um, it looks like he didn't get any offers Um He's retired. I believe he's going to join Inter's coaching staff in the uh, in the future. Um, good for him. Good career. Obviously, we played in Serie A for 18 years. It was at uh, Udinese, uh, Treviso. He was at Romini for a year, so that was in Serie B. Then he went back to Udinese. And it was at Inter from 20, uh, 2012 to 2022 for uh, 10 years. Um, led them to a Scudetto and obviously was a very good goalkeeper. So... Uh, one that we saw coming, but nonetheless a very good career um, that he's had for a very long time. So uh, congrats to him, and I hope he enjoys it. Yeah, definitely. And it was heading this way for a while. Probably the last soccer player that we're going to see out of Yugoslavia in our lifetime, um, because that country, you know, disbanded over the years. But it's, it's still interesting. Shout out and down a bit. Great career. And, uh, you know, Scudettos, you have that forever. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, now we're going to move into like the more, I guess, not depressing, sad, kind of weird stories of the week. So uh, let's talk about Paul Pogba. So Paul Pogba, after many years at uh, Inter or at Juventus, he had a good start to his career. At Juve, he was one of the biggest transfers globally to Manchester United. At Manchester United, he left a very complex legacy of, you know, great highs, great successes, all of the club's best moments for the 2010s. Pogba was close to being there. Besides that, I think they won the the Premier League in, I think it was 2012. But besides that, Paul Pogba was like one of the faces of the team in the mid to late 2010s. But the ending for Pogba at United was very kind of bittersweet after winning the World Cup with uh, friends you know he started getting injured a lot and he wound up you know being uh, left on the bench at United and left United two years ago so the summer of 2022 um, so after leaving United he went to Juventus and rehabbed an injury for a whole season so he was on the Juventus payroll and did not really play for Juventus and this year it was the Pog back Pogba was finally back and he was starting to cook the first three weeks of the season I'm not gonna lie I'm not the biggest Pogba fan but th- he was playing at a very high level in his minutes in his very limited minutes on the pitch and uh, now he's been busted for doping. So <laughs> that's kind of the way it goes here. But we're, I don't know if we're ever going to see this guy on a pitch for a longer uh, term period. If you haven't been following the story, Pogba failed a doping test and may face contract termination by Juventus. Um, Pogba is claiming that it was a nutrition supplement and he's requesting a second test, which is, I think, 
currently in testing, so there might be an update by next pod. Uh, currently is under unpaid suspension at Juventus, and the next story relates to Juventus as well. But uh, it looks unlikely that Paul Pogba is going to play in the league anymore. I think after this, Juventus can't roll him out there because, you know, it's it's going to be really hard to get him out on the pitch after doing something like this. Um, and it seems like it severed the relationship between the club and the player. But Jake, what, what do you think on this Pogba stuff? It's kind of out of right field. Yeah, I saw it the other day. I believe, you know, it's a two-year uh, suspension. He is already 30, so uh, I guess when he's eligible again, he would be 32. I just don't know if he'd play for Juventus again or a really a big club again. And he was cooking when he was back. You know, I really liked his performances off the bench in the two games that he played, but um, it seems to be uh, pretty much wrapped up. Uh, it is weird. Um, JFTV said this. Um there is never a boring day at uh, Juventus. I mean, there's something new. He put, like, a screenshot of, like, instances over the past eight months, and it was, like, at least 12 unrelated individual instances, and, and they just have so much going on all the time. Um, with another instance we'll get into, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to see him playing for a big club again. And, um, yeah, weird, weird week um, news-wise, but, yeah, he's, he's done. Yeah, and he was an absolute baller at Juventus his first go-around. Like, he was one of my favorite players to watch when I was first getting into soccer, and I guess Calcio as a whole, you know, one of the best young players in the world. Um, the big transfer to United, he went to a team that I didn't like, so I wasn't as big a fan of that. But, you know, I think he's the last link there to Juventus's 2015 Champions League final team. Um, I guess if Marat ever comes back, they could get a link back. But, you know, we're losing recipes. Guys are starting to fade away, and uh, the guys we grew up watching are kind of disappearing. And Pogba was like just about to have this big comeback two weeks ago and I didn't even know they tested for doping after matches I'm not gonna lie I, I had no clue this was a thing over there did you know about this Jake I, I didn't know they tested soccer players for like PEDs no I had no idea I guess not a lot of players do it and this is like the first I don't know but yeah it sucks he was so good early on at Juventus 2014-2015 uh, especially 2015 so what he did at 22 years of age was Pretty incredible. And it sucks it's all coming to an end, but um, that's on him. You know, <laughs> he's getting suspended for a reason. Yeah, I wonder if he gets picked up too or where he would even go next. Probably PSG could pick him up if Juventus void the contract. Maybe I Saudi. I, I don't know what's next for Pogba. Probably Saudi. But um, yeah, the final kind of people interest story of the week is uh, – Leandro Bonucci. So this guy is a legend in Italy. Uh, you know, at Juventus, he was a center back. We've, we've gone over Bonucci a couple times as he was making his transfer to Union Berlin. But, you know, everyone kind of knows the story here. He was a part of the uh, BBC uh, back line at Juventus. He played around 200 games there. He went over to Milan when Milan were trying their renaissance between 17 and 18. Uh, it didn't work out for Bonucci at the time. At Milan, he went back to Juventus, but it always felt like the fans didn't love him after he celebrated a goal against Juventus. Um, the second time, the, he seems like a little bit of a baby. Juventus fans didn't really embrace him that second time until he wound up winning at Euro uh, 2020 with Italy, the one that occurred during 2021. But um, at Italy, he has a victory at Euro 2020. He was absolutely fantastic. Just an absolutely wonderful player. Um, he's always been a beast at the back. Benucci leaves like a very complicated legacy, but definitely a good one. Um, and this week, you know, he even further hurts his Juventus legacy by falling, filing a lawsuit against Juventus. So of those uh, players earlier in the summer, we talked about that we're getting separated from the squad. Uh, Benucci has decided to take action and he's filing a lawsuit against Juventus because of the fallout he's had with uh, Massimiro Allegri. Um, and he believes that he should have been able to train with the team and shouldn't have been sent home for the rest of the summer. Uh, my take on this is he kind of sounds like a baby for getting paid to not work. Um, you know, I know he really did love Juventus and he wanted to finish his career there, but it seems like filing a lawsuit isn't really the right move here and I don't really see how this is getting resolved. But that's that's just my opinion on it. If he feels like he's, he's within his rights to do this, feel free to go for it here. But um, Jake, any thoughts on Benucci's lawsuit here? Yeah, I didn't <clears throat> see this coming, I thought. He was just going to focus on his, you know, playing at uh, in Germany. But, um, yeah, I did not know there was this many problems with, you know, a club legend and, you know, the club he played for. Um, obviously, the fault to Allegri should have been involved more. Um, but, yeah, just a, a big baby move by him. 
Um, he's on his way out of the national team. This is this is pretty much it for him. He's getting old. But yeah. Now then, like I just said, there's this, there's always something going on with Juventus, and you know this further proves that. Absolutely. Like it's it's crazy. I my hot take always was that he was better than uh, Chiellini. I always thought Benucci was much better than Chiellini. Maybe just because he was younger, and I didn't see as much of Chiellini's peak in the late two thousands. Um, you know, I, I always thought Benucci was the man and now it's kind of see him go outside like this. Uh, I thought it was cool. They tried it at Milan when they were trying to rebuild. They left Juventus for a year, but I think that really further tarnished his legacy at Juventus and he didn't get a hero send off like, uh, Chiellini did. But, uh, I guess without further ado, we could get into match week three. So match week three started off or two weeks ago on Friday, which would have made it the final uh, or the first Friday of September, September 1st. And it started off with a game that me and Jake were both very excited for. We'll get more into the Roma aspect of it. But uh, the game finished Milan 2, Roma 1. Um, just this game we were very excited for. Milan do- looked dominant off the bat. Um, you know, they did dive a lot. That was something that frustrated me as a Roma fan. I thought Roma looked much better in the second half, especially once Romelu Lukaku came on. Uh, but it wasn't enough. Um, you know, I thought Liao finally put it all together in the game. I thought he was really good. I think Loftus Cheek looked awesome out there. Um, you know, Milan's team looked very good in this game. I don't want to take anything away from them. But man, they play like a bunch of babies. Uh they they were diving all over the place. They were slowing the game down and Roma really couldn't get the momentum together. Because Roma did make a late push. They scored a late goal. The goal scores in this one were Giroud and Leao for Milan. Uh and then Roma kind of made a late push there at the end, but they weren't able to kind of take over and win the game because I think they scored their goal in extra time. I believe it was spinning but uh jake i'll kick it over to you or was it el Shawawi or yeah, it was Spinazzola, right no it was spinning um yeah, spin. we'll get more into it later and play ratings and such but um unfortunate uh they really need to scrape out a point here but um they didn't they're currently in a relegation spot um same kind of problems man they need a goalkeeper and uh just pace man they, they get outpaced in in every match they really just need are fast players and they they don't um so yeah you know hopefully hopefully we get three points we'll kind of get into that when we talk about the preview but um good for Milan I mean Liao um dominated that game the midfield looked awesome um so good for them but uh tough loss for Roma and with the just the same issues presenting itself yeah, I, I hope that they were able to utilize this camp and get back into a good state of form. I don't think they're in actual trouble. I think they're still going to push for Europe. But, you know, everyone's pretty much that we expected to win a lot of games as one game at this point, and it would be nice if Roma can win the game this weekend, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Jake, I think you have to agree there. Um, but, yeah, next up, uh, you know, we go across uh, – we go across – the province to Lazio versus Napoli. Uh, Lazio won two to one. Kamada put away the champs late in the game. I thought it was a very good game. I was able to watch most of this one. This was one of the few Napoli performances that I've watched the whole game. Um, is it time to worry about Kavar? So Kavara, you know, he's had a really slow start. He hasn't scored since March. Um, you know, a goal in the league. He's had an assist so far this season. Um, Napoli didn't look great. And this is, you know, every game this season, Napoli's looked a little valuable, a little worse than they have before. Last year, they dominated starting the season. They went, you know, they were pretty much perfect through the first half of the season. And then they fell back once they had won a couple games. But like in this game, I was, I'm sensing like Napoli, this wasn't the performance of champions we expect out of them. And, you know, Felipe Anderson was definitely the man of the match. He was absolutely excellent in this game. And Kamada and Luis Alberto had the two goals. Uh, Zelinski had one for Napoli that, honestly, if Flazio had a better goalie, they probably would have saved it. But, you know, I thought I thought this might have been a fluky, kind of a fluky win for Lazio. But I, I'm starting to get concerned about Napoli. And I think it might be a two-horse race at the top. But we'll see. Jake, what was your take on this game? Yeah, um, just such a Lazio win to lose the two bad teams and then beat Napoli on the road. Um, but yeah, it's time to worry about Napoli. I, I'm saying it right now, they just do not look like themselves. Uh, Kovic is struggling. Um, just, they don't look good right now. Um, midfield played well for Lazio. Uh, Pro Videl, besides the goal, was very good. Um, so that's good. And, you know, we'll see what happens with them going forward. Uh, Kamada finally looked good. Uh, previous two games, he kind of looked a little shaky. So, but good for him, good for them, and uh, good, a huge three points for them on the road. Yep, 
I agree with that there. And, you know, Lazio is going to be fighting for the top six this season and points off Napoli was something I didn't expect, especially with the form they were in. But, um, you know, we'll see if Lazio can fight. It was good for Kamada to get on the score sheet, but they're still starting here every week. So I'm not really too confident in them turning this around, but a win off the champs is a good story. Uh, the next game I have kind of in our log here is Inter and Fiorentina. Inter scored four, beat Fiorentina at home. Um, you know, Thurman and Lataro combined for three goals with Martinez getting two and Thurman getting one. Uh, Shatongalu, I thought he was, I was able to watch this whole game. I thought he was masterful in the midfield. I never really associate this guy as a defensive mid because he was more of an attacking player during his time with AC Milan, but he does drop a little bit deeper now and plays like one of the best midfielders in the league. Um, you know, Inzagni is cooking up something there. I thought Federico DeMarco, he had a great assist on, I think it was the second goal. Um, he really moves me i think you know him on the left and di lorenzo on the right italy might have something special here uh with these two wingbacks and you know i'm very excited to see what inter can do inter is going into the big game against milan this weekend we're gonna cover it in a little bit i think lataro is gonna probably win the golden boot like i, I don't want to be overreactionary because this is the first week of the season Oshiman hasn't scored either but lataro was in such good form he, he keeps banging in goals he seems like a confident striker and i think he's gonna win the golden boot this season so that's my take on that one. Uh, Jake, were you able to catch any of this one? Yeah, I mean, they just completely thrashed uh, Fiorentina. Um, Taram and Latar have been incredible. Latar's just had a great year uh, in his first year as the captain. Um, I mean, and, and just no one, everyone looked great for them, and they just have a really good squad. It's been really fun to watch. Uh, they're my title favorite for right now. Um, but Fiorentina, I think Lucas Beltran, who, you know, I, I was very excited to see. He looked a little shaky for me. He may not be ready, so I think they're going to continue to start uh, Nazola for now. But Beltran's young. He'll uh, he'll get accumulated soon enough. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, DeMarco is incredible. Their midfield's incredible. We're going to get into a guy who didn't even play in the midfield who is going to make them so much better. So, really good performance. They're, they're my title favorites tonight. I really underestimated them in the summer, and you can just see how good they are. Yeah, and not to tread too far on that, but if they're able to go with Fratezi, uh, Shatongalu, and Barella in the midfield, that's going to be really spicy. That's going to be really good. Like, even you could even put Mkhitaryan and Fratezi in the middle. I know Barella has been frustrated this season because Zagni keeps pulling him off after 30, like after 60 minutes, so with 30 minutes left in the game. Uh, he's been frustrated this season. It's a report out of Italy that he might want out at the end if this keeps happening. But apparently there's fitness concerns because he was their most important player in the past two years, and they're trying to lighten his load a little bit in games they know they're going to win. So that's kind of the update on Barella. Um, we'll see if he can start the whole weekend in the big game, this one, um, the Derby. But um, next up, Juventus 2, Empoli 0. Jake, I'll let you take most of this one as your boy scored. But I thought, you know, Juventus is boring, but they're putting in strong performances. This isn't kind of the game I expect out of Juventus. I guess it's a leg so it makes sense. But they keep winning these boring 2 woes or one nothings, And uh, I think they're going to be good this year. I think they might be pushing for top four. Uh, they're playing a lot better, um, you know, especially with the American blood. And maybe, maybe Timothy Way is the biggest motivator for this team right now. But I'm excited to see where Juve is going. I don't think Empoli was a big challenge for them. But, hey, we've seen we've seen teams we thought were going to lose to or tie with Empoli this season. So it's it's fine. Uh, but I think it's interesting. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm still excited to see Chiesa score. Anytime this guy scores, he's absolute dynamite. Like, as, if they keep feeding this guy goals, he's going to be one of the better players in the world. Like, he's, he could be world-class again after the injuries. Uh, but, Jake, I'll let you cook on your boy Fetty here. Yeah, he's just been so good this year. Unfortunately, he got hurt in Italian camp, so he couldn't play any of the games. But so far for Juventus, he's been really good this year. Uh, Rabiot has also been incredible in the midfield. He's really kind of broken out this year under the radar. Uh, McKinney started in that right wing back role. He was really good. We'll kind of get into him more uh, in a little bit. But, um, yeah, they've been really good this year. And like, like we've said a million times, they have nothing else to worry about this year. I think they're going to get top four comfortably. Um, so good for them. Uh, Chesney's and the back three has been really good as well. So uh, I think they're a good team. Yeah, good for them. So 2 nothing win. And, um, yeah, good for Chiesa. Very, very, very happy. 
Yeah, we're not a we're not a gambling podcast, but uh, to give my bets away, I take a team that I think is going to win every weekend, and I bet a goal scorer, and I bet the team to win, and then because I'm watching the game, I want to have some fun, I bet over two and a half goals. Uh, this weekend, I picked Vlahovic to score on Juventus, and he's got a penalty, so you know maybe he got his mentality back to the poor place it was last season. I'm I'm more of a Duscon guy than Chiesa, but I think as an attacking two, those two are a lot of fun together. Um, I'm curious because I think Chiesa is going to do better on. On the left wing i think that's where you have to play him but he keeps getting goals as like you know a number 11 and kind of playing around the striker um i, I think it's gonna work out for him i think he's gonna keep producing this year i wouldn't be surprised if he gets 20 ga uh goals and assists here but that's kind of my take on fetty at the moment uh, next up on the list is, I put this next because this was a game I watched the whole way through for no reason. Uh, Sassuolo 3, Verona 1, uh, Hellas loses to Sassuolo. Sassuolo looked terrible for most of this game. And then Domenico Berardi just turned it on up to 11 and scored two goals. It was absolutely awesome to watch. Um, you know, we thought this guy was going to Juventus. I'm excited they stayed. I love Domenico Berardi. I know Jake has different feelings on him. But I love Berardi. He absolutely cooked this game. He got two goals, man of the match, easily. Um, I was very impressed by his performance and you know i think sassuolo went from the first half where i was like oh they're it's over they're getting relegated this year to the second half where i was like okay i'm excited to watch sassuolo ball again they're pretty fun but jake what do you want uh think of berardi's performance here yeah um i said they might get relegated i mean berardi is playing they're not going to get relegated he will carry them to some wins i got two goals um so He's going to be a big part of if they're going to have a little bit of success next season. First loss for Verona this year. I still think they're going to be a decent enough team to finish mid-table. Um, a good front line. I, I thought the front three for Sassuolo was really good. It's not just Berardi. I think Oriente was your breakout candidate. I thought he was pretty good as well. So uh, good for them. Their first one of the year and Verona's first loss. Um, but, yeah, I just think Berardi's going to push them to a few wins where, you know, they're not going to look good, but he's going to save them a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, like, you know, I still want to see more out of Lorriente. Um, I think Pino Monti can put in some good shifts. He's a good young Italian striker. And I think, you know, the team can click. They're a feeder club for bigger clubs at this point. But it's always nice to see them stay up. I hope they keep fighting it and, you know, um, come back to where they were a couple of years ago, where they were finishing closer to seventh and closer to like 13th or 14th. Uh, so that's Sassuolo talk. Um, Atalanta put in a good performance this weekend. I felt like they really needed it. Um, but they were able to beat Monza 3-0. Skamaka finally exploded. Uh, he got his first two goals of the season, a brace right off the bat. Uh, after his first goal of the year, he put in a second one right away. Um, and I'm, I'm just good to, glad to see Skamaka on the score sheet. There's a lot of very interesting young players at Atalanta. I still have them pegged for a Europe spot. I don't know if I still would say they're a Champions League caliber team, but that was a really good performance the weekend. And next up, they're playing Fiorentina in a game that'll be an absolute banger. Uh, but Jake, what do you think about your boys Kamaka scoring? Yeah, I mean, this is the lineup we wanted to see out of Atalanta. Um, you know, not Lookman. I like Lookman, but not Lookman, not Zapata. Obviously, he's gone, but still. Um, Darun playing. You got Coop Miners up front and CDK and Skamaka and they both had an unreal performances, and we're going to talk about Scalvini because this is the next great Italian center back. He's only 19, starting for a big club, and, you know, he really showed out in this game, completed the most dribbles in the match, the most tackles. He won eight duels as well, which was the most. As, so, And he had a very good performance for Italy, which we will obviously get into, but this is what we wanted to see. And, you know, if they keep this lineup and those guys play like they're, you know, they played and supposed to play, um, I think that front line is awesome. So um, good for them, and that's a big win. Um, I just, I just think the potential they have with those players is, is sky high. Yeah, especially if they're able to get a Champions League spot next year and keep them around for at least one more two year or two years. This group has a lot of potential. It's just how long they can keep it together. And uh, Gasparini gets the most out of his players. I really rate him highly as a coach. Uh, next up, a game I caught most of, Torino and Genoa. So Torino beat Genoa 1-0. It's pretty boring. I mean, I was rooting for Redigi to get a goal. I know he's Jake's boy. Um, I'm not really seeing it completely with him yet, but I guess it's good for Torino to get a goal. Uh, Malinka Vicsavich, common. 
sheet. This guy controls the universe, folks, the goalie for Torino. And yeah, I mean, Zabata wasn't good. It was just a lot of hoofball for most of the game. It really wasn't, you know, your classic back and forth Calcio match. It was just kind of tossing the ball from one end of the pitch to another, which is back and forth in the worst way. It just felt like nothing was happening. Uh, but yeah, any any kind of takes on this one, it was like 0.4x, 0.4xG to 0.2. So uh, no one was expected to score in this one. Yeah, uh, very boring game, in my opinion. Uh, Retigui, he needs work, um, which is fine, um, because he just got Syria. He's still pretty young. Um, going nine fourth minute, um, good for them, but yeah. Um, it's going to take a while for um, him to get um, assimilated. I mean, he, he lost six duels in this match. Um, you know, he's he, he'll learn. He's still young. He's 24. Um, but to take it to the next level, he's just got to be stronger. He's got to play better. Um, didn't really play for the national team this weekend, so he's falling out of favor a little bit. But, you know, um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, uh, he needs work. And, um, yeah, pretty boring. Nothing really else to say. Yeah, I'll bucket the next two games because I don't think either of us have too many opinions on it. But Udinese zero, Frozenone zero, Jan, uh, no smartzikle, no party. I love this kid, but he did not score in the game, so I do not care. Uh, and Bologna beat Cagliari 2-1. I mean, like, you know, it, it was a game that happened that I don't think anyone was using Paramount Plus to watch. Um, not No one on either of these teams really moved me. Uh, besides a couple guys on Udinese, Jake, any takes on these two before we move on to the stars of the show? Uh, yeah, a few things. I, I really do like Frozenone. I thought I think they just they're not as bad. I don't. I think they might be able to escape relegation because they've been you know they've been decently fun to watch, and their goalkeeper is really young, uh, Stefano Tarati. I think he'll be one to watch uh, for the Bologna Cagliari game. Um, Bologna's just the better team. Uh, Xerxes is a really good young striker. I think he he can maybe break out this year. Um, Bologna just dominated that game. So, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy out of that. Yeah, agreed. Um, nothing too crazy out of those two. Uh, Let's say found a way to win again. So this will segue us into the top four, like which I <laughs> I enjoy reading out every podcast. Um, in the early weeks, it's always fun. But uh, the top four of Serie A right now are Inter, AC Milan, in that order. Inter has not conceded a goal yet, so they're a little bit ahead of AC Milan and goal differential. Juventus at seven points. So Inter and AC have nine points each, so Inter and Milan. Uh, Juventus has seven points. Lecce has seven points. Lecce wins again. Folks, they're, they're world beaters. I think they're staying up no matter what. I, I think if you're on a point pace like this... Yeah, they can get to 30 points and survive pretty easily. Uh, Atalanta in fifth and Napoli in sixth, and that's after three match weeks. Jake, anything on the top six or Lecce's victory here? I just think it's funny that these guys keep winning. Uh, we kind of wrote them off for relegation, and they're uh, they're showing up every week. You know, They beat Lazio, now they beat Salernitarnia, who gave uh, Roma trouble earlier in the season. And uh, yeah, just keep winning. Just keep winning. Omquist is awesome. They're, they're a very fun team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, he's awesome. And and just the youth is really pushing them to the top four right now. Uh, Banda and Kristic and just the front three is very young and very fun to watch. And the whole team's very fun to watch. So my eyes open right now. They're in the top four spot. It's just crazy. So uh, really, really good for them and their youth. Um, and hope it keeps pushing them forward. Yeah, a little ESPN 30 for 30 voice, but are we watching the Italian Leicester City? No, we, we are not. They're, they're going to fall back to Earth eventually. But it, it's still fun while it's lasting and a good young team. And if they sell some of these guys after the season, it's going to make them a lot of money and hopefully be a team that can stick around because I do rate Lecce. I think they're pretty fun. Um, but now we're going to move into our awards for week three. As we always do, we do our team of the week. Jake, what team do you think was the most impressive, the best team this season, the team that moved you the most? What, what team was it for you, buddy? I'm going enter. I mean, just just because I mean, they did not have a bad performance in that squad and thrashed a pretty well coached team in Fiorentina. Obviously, we're very high on Vincenzo Italiano, but I mean, they just thrashed me. It wasn't even you know, it wasn't even close. So I'm gonna go with them. 
Yeah, agreed there. Um, I'm also going to go with Inter. I thought from watching that, I was like, oh, shit, these guys are probably going to win the league. Um, so I was like, yeah, no, it's that, that was really good on Inter. We'll talk about their game later. But um, I thought they looked awesome. They're the most informed team in the country at the moment and uh, probably the most fun to watch. They were actually really fun to watch. Uh, next up is player of the week. I'll go first here. I'm giving my player of the week to the Sassuolo right winger, Domenico Barardo. Berardi, I love Berardi. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He always has been uh, one club man, even if uh, Juventus wasn't that great. Uh, or Juventus tried to get him um, a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Berardi. I'm happy that he was able to stay at Sassuolo. And, and I think it was his first game of the season. He absolutely lit the world on fire. So shout out to Berardi, uh, one of my favorite players in the league. Jake, who was your player of the week? I think I picked him before. I'm going with Taro again, and what he's doing is incredible. So he's going to keep it coming. And right now he's scoring one plus 185 to win the golden boot. I think that's pretty good odds. Yeah, I might have to sprinkle something on that. That's exciting. Um, that That's actually a really good shout. Um, but next up, uh, you know, American of the Week, as we always do here, I'm giving mine to Weston McKinney on uh, Juventus. You know, he had a pretty quiet day out of a wingback, um, which I think is all you can ask for. And I thought it was really good. I watched the Pulisic performance for Milan. It was fine. Um, I didn't really catch, um, you know, I, I think that was probably the best American perform, or, you know, McKenney was the best American to perform this weekend as they went into their international break and won two real snoozers against uh, Oman and I forget the other country they played. I wasn't able to catch that one. Let me see. Who was the other one we played? Not, was it Uzbekistan? Do you know the yeah, other team? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uzbekistan, yeah, it was. Right? He looked yeah. pretty good. Something. Good I, I missed him. one game and can't remember the country's name. But yeah, no, Juventus, I'm giving it to Weston McKinney. Jake, who's your American of the week? Yeah, I'm going to give it to him, too. Played 83 minutes, had 84% of his passes completed, created a chance, um, two accurate long balls, won all of his tackles, a few interceptions, won a few duels, won all of his duels. So, I mean, just, just a pretty sound game, and Holsick didn't really do well, and Waya didn't really – Waya didn't play. He played seven minutes, so I'm going to give it to Weston. Yeah, Musa did not play either. I'm checking now. Yeah, that was who I was thinking of. I was trying. To, I was like, did Musa play? I can't tell. I don't remember because the game is kind of two weeks ago. At the point, this point, but yeah, no, we're giving it to Westman. So shout out Weston, the first non-Pulisic winner of this award. And now it is time for us to go into our teams of the season. So the way this is going to work is we're using a three-five-two formation. Uh, so one goalie, three center backs. Um, we can pick between a left winger and a left wing back. Three center central midfielders, a right wing back, and two strikers. So this is kind of the default formation run throughout the league. Um, we could change this going forward. I think this gives you kind of the best insight into the league. Uh, I'll go first with my goalkeeper here. So I have Mike Magnon on Milan. I think he's been really good. You know, he's been solid so far this season. It, it was between him and Sommer in my books. Like, I thought one or the other was going to be the best goal in the league so far. But I lean Magnon here. His distribution has been incredible. And uh, he keeps cementing why he's one of the best goalies in the league. So I'm giving it to Magnon here. Uh, Jake, who do you go with for your goalkeeper of the year so far? Yeah, I'm going Provadel. He's been really good this year, even though they haven't been that impressive. Um, he's consistently been pretty good for them. So he is my goalkeeper of the year so far. Exciting stuff. I mean, I that that's a name that I didn't have on my short list, but you know, um, you know, so other guys I gave, wanted to give shouts to was Musso on Atalanta. He had a very good performance so far this season, and obviously Jan Sommer hasn't had to do the most work at the back, but he's having a good season so far. Um, but next up is our center backs. So, Jake, I'll let you do your center backs first because I think they're going to be similar. Yeah. Um, mine is Danilo, Bastoni, and Scalvini. It's literally the same as yours, but, I mean, those guys have been really good, especially Danilo for Juventus. He's been awesome. Uh, Bastoni's been really good for Inter on uh, Scalvini. He hasn't played a lot, but he really, he really, you know, he's been really good um, that one game. And, for Italy, so I put him in my uh, three-back list. Yeah, Scalvini was really impressive last weekend. He's been good so far this season. I think he's, you know, going to be one of the better center backs in the league. Uh, it feels like organic growth every time I see him. He plays a little bit better. Danilo's been a rock star, and Bastoni, a guy that I bought in day one on. I thought this kid was great. And at Inter, he's becoming a rock at the back, and I think at the end of the season, if he wants to move on from Inter, he could go somewhere for a big price tag because he looks like the next great Italian center back, Bastoni. So that's uh, that's good. My honorable mentions here was De Vrooge. So I thought De Vrooge on Inter 
Kreischer. Um, you, you could also give Darmian shouts on that back line. It's it's the best back line in the league. They haven't conceded a goal yet. And not even many goal-scoring opportunities. That's kind of where I sit there. On center backs, um, next up we'll go to wing backs or wingers. So my two wingers is on the left. I have DeMarco. Um, so I have Federico DeMarco on uh, Inter. So I've been really impressed by his performances so far this season. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I think I think he's just been strong. Like, I think he's had a strong season so far. He's been distributing really well, and it's part of the best defense in the league. He's a two-way player. And then on the right, I have Di Lorenzo on, on, on uh, Napoli. So he's the only Napoli player I have on my list so far, and I think that's going to be the way it stays. But he is the only one I have, and he's been really good as a distributor. He had, I think, one of the best performances in the league in week one and week two. Uh, but yeah, I'm very I'm still very high on De Lorenzo, so those are my two wingbacks. Jake, feel free to go with wingers, but you can also go with wingbacks here if you want. Yeah, I have DeMarco and I have Pulisic just because he has two goals so far. And um, De Lorenzo had kind of had a shaky game against Lazio. So. He's, he's been pretty good otherwise. But, yeah, DeMarco's been pretty flawless and obviously had to include an American. He's actually been, he's actually been really good, obviously, so had to include him in there. Yeah, I thought about including McKinney because of his performance um, this weekend. But, you know, these it, this is very fluid. This probably isn't how it's going to look at the end of the year. But shout out Pulisic, started the year on fire. Uh, next up, Jake, who are your three midfielders? So my three midfielders are uh, CDK, um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and I have uh, Rabiot. Sweet. Um, I, I'm surprised to pick CDK. I mean, he's been having a really good season so far. I have Ruben lost his cheek. I have Shatongalu, and I have Rabio. So those are my midfield. Um, anything on CDK? You want to give your boys flowers here? Yeah, I mean, he's just been – I mean, he's been playing a lot, and Milan didn't really want to give him a lot of time. He's just been consistently playing. Um, he's been constantly involved. Um, he's one goal, one assist through three games. Uh, really, um Scored for Belgium the other day. I got the assist on the Atalanta game. Kind of struggled against Frosinone, but uh, against Asuelo, he was awesome as well. So I just think he's due for a breakout like we've uh, we've talked about, and I think he's a real good midfielder. You know, they've been kind of play, they're putting him at cam, they're putting him at striker. It's, they, they're playing, putting him all over the place, but traditionally he, he is a midfielder. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I think I think they're a very good team. I think Atalanta is the perfect situ- situation for him. And by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on my team of the year. Um, you know, he's he was a prospect that they could have grown in Milan and they just chose not to. Um, next up, I think we're going to have the same two strikers here. I think this is going to be similar, but I'm taking Lotaro Martinez and Olivier Giroud. Uh, you know, Giroud's been a bit of a penalty merchant so far this season. I think three of his goals have come from the spot, but uh, if you can't beat him, you take it. And these two are going to go head-to-head this weekend. An absolute banger, but I'm going with Lotaro and Giroud. Uh, Jake, who are your two strikers or forwards of that matter? You underestimate me. I have um, Lotaro and Chiesa. I wasn't surprised. I thought you might have taken Kiesa there. That's a good pick. Yeah, I had to. <laughs> yeah, you had to. I mean, again, like, he's he's going to get, um, probably if he stays, you know, is he fit? Do you know if he's going to play for Juventus this weekend? No, it was a minor injury, so I, it might, it, it could, it's it's up to them, of course, but it didn't seem anything major. I think it was just muscle cramps or something. I don't, I don't know. Yep. Um, so now we're going to move into, so just, I guess we could read off our teams one more time. My team was... Um, Mike Magnan at goalie, uh, Danilo at center back, Bastoni at center back, uh, Scalvini at center back, DeMarco at left wing back, Loftus Cheek, Chitongalu as a defensive mid, Rabio, uh, Di Lorenzo at right wing back, Lotaro and Giroud up top. And Jake, I think you had pretty much the same thing with um, who was your goal again? Piemonte? No, I have Providell in goal, Providell. I have uh, Danilo, Bastoni, and Scalvini. Uh, DeMarco on the left, Pulisic on the right, RLC, CDK, Rabiot, and Lataro and Chiesa. Sounds good. That's a pretty good pretty good mix there for early in the season. I, I don't know if we're going to do this monthly or we'll do it at checkpoints throughout the season, but uh, we'll just do this little team of the season exercise and see if we're, how we're tracking. Um, FIFA is coming out next, or I guess EAFC is coming out in a few weeks, and you'll be able to see these guys on the team of the week every week there uh, because, you know, Calcio is back, baby. But Jake, before we preview week four, I'll give you the floor to talk about the Italian men's national team. I know you caught most of both of these games, if not all of them. Um, Italy played Macedonia. Italy played Ukraine and it was the first games of this bloody era but take it away pal 
Yes, bloody era has begun. Uh, they played North Macedonia, obviously knocked them out of World Cup qualification, and it, um, they drew to them again, uh, which is crazy. They uh, didn't love the lineup, man. Uh, Cristante played, um, which I didn't love, and the Mobile, Politano, and Zacogni was starting. And just I knew what I was getting into. I knew what this game was going to turn into. And this was Chiro's first game as a captain, and it was just the most uninspiring performance of all time. Cristante just makes the midfield so, so boring. Tanali really struggled. He got hurt uh, in training after that, but he looked he looked really bad. I didn't know why they started Mancini over Scalvini, but Mancini actually had a really good game, and then he got hurt, which sucks for Roma. Um, they got the lead. Uh, Barella with an incredible shot hit the post, and a mobile with just the, the luckiest happen of all time, and people were applauding him, and it was just a really easy goal. Uh, Politano's cognitive was really bad, uh, and it was just bad. And of course, uh, that fucking idiot Zanola came on, fouled him, they had a free kick, and they tied it. And really, nothing happened at the end of the game. And I, I, I love Spalletti. Uses subs way too late. Uh, Cristante played 90 minutes, which is absurd to me. Uh, Immobile played the whole game, and they didn't. It just they were they they looked bad. They looked worse and worse up until the goal, and no changes were made. And then they just – they obviously changed it right after the goal. Um, you know, Gnoto and Raspador should come before the 85th minute. Um, so that was very uninspiring, and I was pissed. And I'm like, there is no chance they beat Ukraine. Um, so, I, I, you know, I was very upset. Uh, Chris Nante cannot be in the midfield for Roma or Italy anymore. I, it just – he's not a bad player. He's just a boring player, and he does not – push them, you know, above the threshold of what needs to be done in that midfield. Um, I just think there's so many better options. And, you know, Scalvini and Bastoni should be the um, should be the center back pair. The Lorenzo struggled a lot. Um, just wasn't good enough. Uh, DeMar- DeMarco was good. Really love what I'm seeing from him. Um, and, yeah. But, obviously, face Ukraine on Tuesday – Different lineup. Um, Scalvini came in. The midfield was Locatelli, Barella, and Fertesi, which it just needs to be. And the front three was Raspadori, Zaccagni, and Zaniolo. I have no idea why Scamacca wasn't recalled. So I guess right now, Raspadori is the best striker they have. Uh, Retsuki might not even – no, he, he was recalled. So even he should have been starting. Uh, Udogi plays for Tottenham. For those listeners who don't know, he's been in sen- sensational this year. Don't know why he wasn't recalled. Um, the backup was Spinozola. You know, I just think it's that it can be much better. Um, but David Fertesi, man, he is he is an unbelievable midfielder, and the fact that Inter haven't even used him yet uh, is crazy. And once they do use him, he's going to be incredible because he was awesome in this game. Two goals, really pushed the play forward. Locatelli was really good as a six. Doesn't traditionally play there for Juventus, but he is the future six of this team for now. If Tanali keeps struggling, because he really has struggled this year, and he was bad the other day, and now he's hurt. Scalvini was incredible again. Played the most passes in this game, 95-98 accurate passes. Um, three or four accurate long balls. Won all of his tackles, won all of his duels. He was incredible. Di Lorenzo really showed showed out this game. Um, Zanola was actually really good, and, and that pains me to say because I hate the guy, but he was very good in this game. Won nine duels. Uh, was the most fouled player, so he was doing something right. So Cogney wasn't that bad either. Um, they should have had five goals in this game. They should have. But uh, we'll take the win. We'll take the three points. Uh, it was a must-win game right now. They are in second, which is what they need to qualify. Tied on points with Ukraine and North Macedonia. But they do have that game in hand. And they play Malta next to, you know, have a minus 10 goal differential and haven't gotten a point yet. So obviously got to win that one. Um that's in October. They play Malta in England next time, which is in October. So, I mean, three points at the very least. Uh, but we'll see. That England one can get interesting. But glad they're back in a spot. Uh, Spalletti's got to figure stuff out, obviously. But um, should have been six points. But uh, we'll take we'll take four. Yeah. No, I mean, Jake, I love when you wax poetically about the Italian national team. Uh, you know, I totally agree with you. The game, they, the team they played against Ukraine, Donnarumma, DiMarco, Bastoni, Scalvini, Di Lorenzo, I think that's perfect for the next, you know, next cycle. 
just as a whole, those those five at the back. Then Barella, Locatelli, Fratezzi, I think that's very good. Uh, going forward, you know, obviously, I don't love Zaniolo. I have my own personal feelings towards the guy. Uh, I think he should be starting if he's going to play at Aston Villa and be a big player. Then I don't know what you do on the other. I guess you have to put Kies on the left wing, which is fine. That works. And then I guess Gamaka at the center. And then maybe you could rotate Raspadori in with Zaniolo. That's probably the optimal way to run it. Um, you know, it's it's just a lack of a nine with this kind of late age hero thing they're doing. Um, with he scored, I can't give him too much like shit, but he scored this year. I I just I don't know what they're gonna do at striker. Maybe maybe bring him below to I, I have no clue what they can do here. But uh, Jay, so your ideal striker here would be Skamaka. Yeah, for now, unless someone young really steps up, like I, I'm, I'm very high on Tommaso Baldanzi, who plays for Empoli. Um, but right now, it's not a Skamaka recipe for me. It cannot be a mobile. We've said this a million times, but it just cannot be. And nobody's really stepping forward right now. So it's got either going to be a, a really young player, but or but I think Skamaka can do a pretty good job. And the wings would be really good. You got Canoto, you got. Chiesa, uh, I think Zaniolo's could be a decent option. Uh, it can't be Palatano or Sakagni. I'm sorry, it just can't. Yeah, I mean, Raspadori probably got the start because of his relationship with Spalletti, and if they want to drop him a little deeper and play Chiesa Zaniolo, I think that can really work very well. But we'll see how Zaniolo plays um, and how his career progresses at Aston Villa. But this is a Serie A podcast, and I do not want to hang up on Zaniolo because then I'll get frustrated and remember all the potential that was there and then disappeared out of nowhere. Uh, but next up, we're going to do our preview of week four. So week four is going to be a really fun week. I'm excited to watch this week. It's um, I'm probably going to watch most of the games on Saturday and miss some on Sunday as I'm moving. But I'm excited to watch, um, you know, at least the two early games I'm going to definitely have on in the background as I prepare for my move. And that is the first game of the weekend, 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Juventus is playing Lazio. I'm super excited for this one. It's it's the two worst people I know, the two teams I hate the most. But um, I have Juventus here winning 2 to nothing. I think Lazio was kind of a flash in the pan against Napoli. And they would really have to do something impressive to beat Juventus here. And I'm going to say Chiesa and Tuscan score, and it'll be 2 to nothing. Jake, what do you have in this one? Yeah, I have 2-1. Uh, Juventus, they're home. I just think they'll outplay them. Uh, Lazio will get a goal late. But I think it'll be 2-1. Sounds good. Next up, we have the Derby at the San Siro, which is going to be AC Milan versus Inter Milan. This is going to have major ramifications on the title race and also but no love loss between these two guys. It's the uh, it's the AFC North matchup of, of Serie A. Like, there is no love loss between Inter and AC. Uh, it's probably the best city rivalry in all the sports from two teams from the same city. Um, and I have Inter here winning on form. I think Milan's the better team, but I think just with how well Inter's playing and to, if they're able to integrate for this weekend, I think they're going to win this game, and I think they're going to be so frustrating at the back. This inter back line is legit. Uh, Milan is without Tamori for this game, so I think you know they're going to be basing it a lot off uh, Tio and you know Magnon kind of standing on their head and keeping it solid at the back line, while you know Mil- Ace or Inter has such like a strong presence at the back with Bastoni, Darmian, and Divrouge, where they're not going to have any problem defending these guys. They're going to probably put Liao in hell and put Giroud in hell, and I have Inter coming up the big winners here three to one and taking kind of the first uh the lead out of the stretch in the Scudetto race but Jake how do you see this one playing out I have it going one one I think tomorrow could be a huge difference but for right now I just think it's going to be a close game throughout uh an entertaining game throughout uh, with a one-one finish uh with a Toro goal and a Pulisic goal Oh, God, if Pulisic scores there, he's not going to be able to walk in the city streets. Um, all right, so here, how about this? Instead of goals and fights, over under 1.5 fights in this game, what do you got? Between players or fans? Players. Um, it's the first one. Not, not, yeah, not physical, but at least like getting like the refs involved where they cut them out. I'll go under. I think the first one will be pretty tame. The second one, that, that, might, that might get a little chippy. I'm going over. I think Pulisic's going to make his mark through fighting. I think he's going to start arguing with someone. <laughs> I mean, after Zlatan and uh, Rom fought a couple of years back, you, you can really expect anything out of this matchup. It, it's, I think it's the best derby in the world. It's a lot of fun. I agree. I would have to agree. Yep, next up is Napoli and Genoa. I think Napoli get back to their winning ways, but not convincingly. I think they win 2-1, to one, and I'm going to give Redigui a goal, and I'm just going to say Oshiman scores, and Kavara finally gets on the, the score sheet in this one. Jake, what do you have in this game? 
Yeah, they're going to win, but not, it's not going to be convincing at all. Um, I'm going 3-1 Napoli. Um, yeah, it's, it's not going to be convincing, I don't think. Yeah, it's it's hard. They have to get back to like consistently like their consistent winning ways, and you know, with the new manager and the new backroom staff, uh, like Spalletti had a Midas touch that last season. Like they were so good, and then at the end of the season, they put their focus into Europe. And I honestly thought they were the second best team in Europe last season, next to Man City. But the the draw broke in a way where Milan was able to win, and uh, yeah, it was, it was frustrating. So we'll see what happens with Napoli. I think it's still going to be a three horse race. I don't want to count them out yet. But I've I've experienced Rudy Garcia before. I, I wouldn't say it's like, you know, the easiest experience or as fun as being a Spalletti team. So we'll see where it goes from there. Um, next up, Udinese Cagliari. This is just kind of like for the rest of these, we base them pretty much off just the time that they were current. I have Udinese winning one nothing. These teams have been fun so far. And uh, I like Udinese. I like Smartzik. So I hope they get a win here. Well, what do you have in this one, Jake? I'm going 0-0 in a boring game. Boring game. Yeah, I did, would not expect anything less out of uh, Udinese. Next up is Lecce and Monza. Two teams that are surprisingly very fun at the bottom of the table. Like, I, I think these teams have been fun so far. I know Monza has some promising prospects, and Lecce has just been, you know, they've been, uh, what, how would I say it, like the Leicester city of Italy. <laughs> like, they, they've been pretty fun this year. I'm giving Lecce a 2-1 win and say the good vibes Raul one more week, because uh, why would you bet against the good vibes here? That We want to see this keep going here out of Lecce. I'm going with a 1-0 win for Lecce. I think um, that front three is going to push all game and they'll eventually score late. Um, and they'll uh, play good at the back and keep Monza off the score sheet. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'll be fun. I mean, Monza's fun too. Uh, Sassuolo plays Frosinone. I've bet against Frosinone every game this year. Um, I've got uh, Sassuolo 2, Frosinone 0. You know, not sold on Frosinone, but they still have put on some pretty good performance in the early season. What do you have here, Jake? I got a 1-1 game. Rider was scoring. Someone from Frozen Army was scoring because I think they're a well-coached team, man. I think they'll, they'll avoid relegation. I, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. I agree. I agree. Um, next up is Atalanta Fiorentina. I have this game being 4 4. Expect the highest scoring <laughs> game of the year, baby. This game is going to be a banger. My boy Vincenzo Italiano's Fiorentina against Gasparini's Atalanta. I think this game's going to be crazy. You know, I honestly, if I was thinking rationally and when I think about it with my wallet tomorrow, I might put it being, you know, Atalanta wins um, and over four and a half goals, expecting five. I think that's what I might wind up doing. Um, and hit big and don't buy all of our listeners ice cream next week. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, it's it's kind of like Atalanta scores a lot. Fiorentina has a lot of expected goals. It's going to be a fun game. I, I think this might be the game of the weekend besides the Derby. I have a 2-2. Um, Fiorentina's home, which makes it interesting a, a, a little bit. Um, so... But yeah, it's gonna be super fun. I I'm hoping for like a six six game. No, there's no way. But no, that'd be awesome. It, it's it's, it's <laughs> all of be, our favorite players are scoring. We we can't stop having fun here. It's gonna be incredible. I wonder who starts at striker though. I like Beltron might like that might be the better matchup for them. And and so I have no idea. But I'm excited, man. Nico Gonzalez has been great during the uh, international break too. Yeah, I believe it. He's he's really good and young. Um, you know, and they'll probably have Bonaventure cook. He loves to cook against the big clubs. Arthur might be out there. It's just gonna be a good vibes game. I, I'm I'm really bummed that I might miss this one, but I'm gonna try to catch it if I can. Um, and I'm excited. It'll be fun. I think no matter what, this game Sunday at high noon, it's gonna be fun. And we're starting to push Serie A games earlier in the day. Um, you'll notice if you guys are watching at home that these games are starting to occur earlier in the day, which is my favorite time of the year once we hit fall and the games start occurring at 9 and 12 in Italy. Uh, but that's that's fun for me. Next up, uh, Roma. We're going to have a Roma roundup in a couple minutes, but I have Roma winning 2-0 over Empoli. I have Roma Lukaku getting a goal, and perhaps Pablo Dybala if he shows up to work, which I might rant later. I don't know if I'm going to, but um, I have Roma winning 2-0 in this relegation battle here. But, uh, Jake, what, what's your prediction on this one? I believe everyone is supposed to be healthy and playing, but Mancini and um, might be Pellegrini, but um, they need to win at home 3-0 at the, at the very least. 
Yeah, they need to inspire hope, or they're uh, they're not going to be able to sell out their stadium. Which um, you know, with the club's messaging, sometimes that feels more important than wins. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been frustrating being a Roma fan. But we'll get into it later. Uh, Torino and Salernitana. This game could be fun. I don't think so. I'm going to say Malinkovic Savic uh, juggles ten balls above his head and wins one to nothing. Um, so Torino winning one nothing. Yeah, one, I've got the, yeah, I've got I've got the same prediction one now. Yeah, pretty easy. And then Bologna. I wonder if Zapata starts though, because he has he hasn't played yet. No, I played last game. He wasn't very good. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, I saw he played last game. He was not good, which uh, you know. <laughs> but supposed uh, our, then, he's supposed to be our striker. Yeah, no, I would be pumping his tires right now, but no, it just wasn't a great performance in that game. Uh, Bologna and Verona. I just had the zero zero. I'm not really gonna watch any of this one. Yeah, one one. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but next up, Roma Roundup. Jake, I'll kick it over to you. I know you like leading the segment, so you can start on Roma for the week. Uh, what was your kind of impressions of uh, the last game, how the transfer window ended? I know you weren't on the last pod, so feel back to take it on, uh, give your feelings on the Lukaku transfer and everything out right now. Yeah, Lukaku, um, it's a huge transfer. Had a good international break. He's ready. Uh, him and Dybala should be starting up front. I think that's going to be masterful if both remain healthy and fit um and then they just need to uh they need to cook this weekend there's no doubt about it um i think i, th- I think players look pretty good this international break i will go through some player ratings for the game uh, i didn't watch the game so um i don't have the full picture of what went on but i think i have a pretty good idea of what happened uh patricio needs to get better um the wing backs need to be better uh, i think the midfield is really stacked i'm really happy about that and Phone group has potential, man. And they're still trying to get Marcus Leonardo for January, which is exciting. So um, we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, we can go through the player ratings if you want. Yeah, I mean, I watched the whole game. I was bummed out. I wish we performed a lot better. Um, It was very frustrating. You know, it felt like a big match. Like, the, you know, the Stadio Olimpio was booming. It was a lot of fun. There was a red card in the 60th minute. We had a great opportunity. Patricio sold really hard to start the game, giving Giroud that, or I guess he conceded the penalty, um, and Giroud was able to like take it quickly. I think that was Loftus Cheek right off the bat. Um, you know, I, I would have liked us to have a much better performance. I didn't think, you know, we were really threatening until Lukaku came on. Uh, but I'm gonna sing this guy's praise a little bit later on in the pod. But it was it was a good game, good perform. Like it, for, as far as it goes, you played the team that I expect to win the league. I think it's a good performance. Um, if you know Belong gets their doors blown off them by Inter and their frauds, then this win's gonna look bad later in the season. But at the moment, I think or this loss is gonna look better or worse later in the season. But at the moment, I think as far as losses go of the three games they played this year and drop points, this is the most excusable, but it came at the worst time, if that makes sense. But uh we'll go right into player ratings. We could start from the back, the man of the hour, Rui Patricio. Rui's at a three now. Rui can't play every week. I can't believe we're going to do this season with Rui at the back. Rui's at three. He was my worst player on the pitch. Wasn't moved by Rui. Wasn't excited by the performance. And, uh, you know, he conceded a goal all in his own. The second one wasn't as much his fault, but the first one, he completely created a penalty and then didn't really do shit to save it. So very frustrating there. Jake, what do you give Rui? Yeah, I gave him a four. Uh, obviously, you can see the penalty. He gave him another goal, but he did make one really nice save, so I bumped the score up a little bit. Yeah, this guy can't be the keeper, man. I, I keep saying this. VR cannot be this bad. He cannot be this bad. He's not going to win us games, but I don't think he's actively going to lose this game like Rui is doing. And Rui has lost us. I think all of them, maybe not Milan, the first two games is directly on him. Yeah. I'm I'm very over Rui at the moment. I would take Svilar playing uh, tomorrow. And you're, and you're the you're the Rui guy too. I I mean Rui's been fine. I think a lot of the hate was overblown on him last season, but now he's giving up goals. It was last year he wasn't saving goals. This year he's like conceding them on his own. So that was frustrating. Uh, Lorente, Smalling, Mancini at the back. You know, just my recollection of this game, I thought Lorente was fine. I'd give him like a 4.5 out of 10. Smalling was pretty good. I'd give him like a 5 out of 10. And then Mantini, I'd give like a 4 out of 10. I didn't think he was good at all. Uh, but, you know, Mantini left a little early um, and he did have a, you know, he had to leave so we could drop back to that back four, which I think is a lot more effective. And I'm curious if we go to that this weekend with the center back down now in Mantini. Uh, Jake, how would you rate the back line? Yeah, it's got to be the back four. I just think they played better with it. 
Uh, I'm getting Mancini at five. Uh, he struggled with the pace um, in this matchup. Had a good international break. Hope he's okay. I was really impressed with him against Macedonia. I love him. Um, uh, Smalling, I thought he was better. Not great. But I thought he was better. I'll give him a six. And Lorente with his first bad performance of the year. I'm going to give him a five. Yep, sounds good. I do love Mancini, and I think he's going to put it together. It's just this wasn't a game that was going to suit him. Um, next up, I guess we start on the left. Um, we could do the wingbacks next, Zaleski and Selleck. I give Zaleski a 7 out of 10. I was ex- I love this kid. He's so good. I, I love when he gets the start, and he really took advantage of it here. I thought he played very well. I had to hit Maddie 7 out of 10. And then Selleck, he doesn't really do much for me. I give him a 5 out of 10. You know, I'm not too excited seeing him out there. It, like, I know a lot of Roma fans don't like this guy at all. I think he's fine. Like, I, I think he's whatever. Uh, but no, just not really a performance that moved the needle last weekend. Yeah, Chalk's getting a four from me. He made one really nice run and cross, but other than that, just, he can't be starting. Um, it's interesting they bench Christensen. Um, it's pretty sad that he's our best right back. I, I still think Karsdorp's a little better, but. Shalk's not it. Uh, there was a lot of clubs interested in him, and we kept them. But yeah, not 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 persuaded at all. Agreed. Um, and then in the midfield, Aquar Paredes, Crisante. I gave Aquar a five out of ten. He wasn't at the levels that I expected of him. He left a little bit early injured. Um, you know, he, he didn't really impact the game too much. Hard to hate on him here. Uh, Paredes, I had him at six point five. I thought it was very good. Crisante, you know. Very boring player, as Jake talked about early in the pod. But <laughs> 6.5, it was a boring performance. He, he made sure nothing happened and nothing happened. I mean, you know, nothing was his fault, but he didn't do anything progressive the whole game. So, you know, that that was kind of my take on Crisante's performance. And it does get frustrating when he's good. He's really good because you notice him making sure nothing happens. But when he's bad, you realize he's making nothing happen. It, it's the craziest player experience I've experienced. But, yeah, he just kind of stops space and time when he's out there. Uh, Crisante gave a five, just, yeah, boring. Paredes, I've been very impressed with him this year. I'm giving him a six. I love what he's done with the number 16 shirt. He's not disgracing it at all. I uh, did not give Aquar a rating. He got hurt, unfortunately, but he's been pretty good. I hope he's okay. I believe he's in training. I'm a positive on that. And I don't know if he went through it yet, but I'm going to give Nico Zalewski a six. Won a lot of duels, and, you know, he played well, but he needs to work on his crossing uh, a lot. And he's very young. I believe in him. I think he's going to be the future left back of this team um but needs to work on the crossing because you know he won the ball tried to do something with it but the crossing was you know not there and that kind of killed it obviously as it does yeah agreed i think paredes was the best one out of the midfield as as usual uh the strikers el shirawe and Belloni. i give both of them a five a striker's goal is to score they didn't have paulo dibala playing the ball to them which is fine but you know besides one really impressive run from el shirawe and Belloni was working his ass off like he always does um or at least this season he always does last year he was a bit of a fat slob but this year is kind of a flirting harassment type thing where you could tell he's working really hard uh but yeah i, I give them both fives a striker's job is to put the ball in the net neither of them could but they both worked hard and it wasn't for a lack of trying I'm going to give Elsha a four. I think he really struggled um, this match. I'm going to give Bilotti a six. I think he worked really hard. Um, he got opportunities. Um, he's not going to be starting much longer. So um, I think he can be a quality backup, but I don't think he was terrible. Agreed. And now time to do the bench, um, as we always do. Um, so first off, first sub was Aquar came off. Lorenzo Pellegrini came on. Uh, I thought he was very impressive. This was a very good game from Pellegrini. It was a throwback. Um, he started shifting the momentum. He had a really good free kick try that didn't go in, but it was still really close from Pellegrini. I'm a big fan of his. You know, he's, he's one of my favorite players on the team, even though Roma Twitter does not seem to like this guy at all. Uh, but, you know, I love the cap. And uh, he's getting back fitness, and I hope he's able to play a good performance next time. I guess we could go two subs at a time here. Next up, two, Romelu Lukaku made his date at the uh, debut at the Olympico. Uh, the fans went crazy. 
They were so excited for this guy to debut. I give him, like, I know he's going to say strikers get goals, but I give him a 6 out of 10. I thought he played better than below TNL shot. I thought he was really good out there. Um, he was creating chances. It felt like the game started to swing Roma's way when he came on the pitch. And that last 20 minutes, you know, he was the one who was able to get Tamori off the pitch. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Lukaku and everything he's going to bring to this team. And I'm excited to see where it goes for XG Roma if they can finally get a goal scorer. But Jake, what's your take on Lukaku and Pele? Um, I'm gonna Pele a four. Wasn't impressed at all. Uh, and I'm welcome to Ernest Romo Lukaku. I thought, you know, he did what he can with the limited time he got. And I'm excited to see him start. So I'm gonna give him a six. Shimmy, brother. Um, and then the last subs of the night were Spinaziola, Bove, and Pagano. Um, just to start from the bottom there, Pagano was the last one on. He didn't really do too much. Bove was solid in the midfield. I'll give him a 6.5. You know, I thought he was fine in the 20 minutes he played. He's, you know, he should start for this team. He keeps the ball moving forward. I'd rather see him moving the ball forward and being progressive than Cristante just doing nothing. And Spinazzola got the goal. It was a beautiful goal at the end there. It gave me a little bit of hope, a little bit too late, but I still think, you know, I don't know if he has the gas left in the tank to start every week, week in, week out, but when he's on the pitch, he's definitely our best option at wing back. Him and Zaleski are the best two, but sadly they both play on the same side. Well, I think so. Um, I think Nicola plays on the other side for Poland, so that's something they certainly could try. Um, but Spinny was good, got the goal. They've done uh, it before. Yeah, that too. Um, you got a goal with a deflection, but you know it went in the net, uh, which we haven't been able to do uh, previous to that. Um, so good for him. Wow, the Vikings just got a really good touchdown. Sorry. Um, Bove, he should really should be starting, but, you know, he's young. Uh, Mourinho loves him, so um, I'm very excited for him. I'll give him a six. Yeah, I mean, the goal doesn't happen without Bove, but that's about it. I mean, I'm excited to see what Roma do after the break. I don't think this is the team Roma's going to be this year. Obviously, they're not going to be in a relegation battle. But, you know, next up, they've got Empoli, then they have Europa League, but then they have Torino, then they have Genoa, then they have Frosinone. So the run starts here if they want to make like a push for the top four this season. Cagliari, they have a really easy stretch through October 8th. I'm looking at now and a couple of Europa League games thrown in there for them to get backups in. But it all starts with a win against now uh, Empoli. I'm seeing right here five winnable games for Roma. But knowing Roma, nothing's ever easy. Uh, Jake, <laughs> any, anything final here before we wrap? No, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Um, we'll have Serie A every week until October. Uh, which is nice. Um, some really good games this week, like we broke down. Um, you know, I think, um, sorry, I'm blanking. Juventus Lazio into Napoli on the same day at a different time. I think that's going to be a treat for everyone. Uh, and Sunday, Fiorentina, Atlanta is going to be a really good game as well. So I think we're in for a treat this week, and uh, I'm very excited. Um, Forza Roma. Ports of Roma. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Rad Martin. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jakey. Follow the pod on Twitter at Calculus Back. Very excited to have you guys for the rest of the season. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. If you made it this far, we really appreciate it. Give us a five star review if you can. But you know, we'll talk to you guys soon, and we really appreciate the time. And uh, you know, uh, we'll see you soon. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye.